This episode of the Northeast Newscast was made possible by Shemeika's Online Market in Delhi and Seaburg Mufflers. Thanks for tuning in. I am so upset about how much our assessment went up. My husband and I live over here on Windsor in the Scarlet Renaissance Neighborhood Association, and we went up 153%. It's outrageous. My name is Tucker Hoover, and I live in Indian Mound. I've owned my home for two years. My property tax assessment went up 185%. My name is Carly Benjamin. I have lived in Sheffield with my partner for three years now, and our property taxes went up 102% this year. My name is Joseph. I live in the Scarlet Renaissance neighborhood. My tax assessment went up 89% from last year. Hi, I'm David, and I live in the Scarlet Renaissance neighborhood. My tax assessment went up over 24% from last year. My name is Manny Abarca. I'm a Jackson County legislator, and my taxes increased by 92%. My name is Sarah. I live in Starrett Renaissance, and my tax assessment went up 90% over last year. Bob Long, thank you very much for joining us here today. You are with the Economic Development Corporation of Kansas City, Missouri, and we are here to talk about assessments. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like what I said in my notes, play it again, Sam. 2019, here we are again. Uh, We thought this was fixed. Obviously, it's not. So what, what are you seeing? What are you seeing out there in terms of increases and how are people's obvious reaction is obviously shock? Yeah, most people have been um, pretty surprised at the level of um, increase. But I've seen things that I've actually saw one property whose value decrease slightly. Really? And others that have increased 15 Seventeen percent, but I've seen a lot at eighty, ninety, hundred and twenty, two hundred, three hundred percent or more. I'm our house right now. We got a hundred and fifty-three percent increase on our house. So mm-hmm. that's I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing is that's not uncommon. No, unfortunately, it's not, um, and I suspect a large part of that is just you know. The county had to try and get everybody back up to actual market value and the real estate market over the past two and a half years, except for the last few months, right. has been crazy. Yeah, true. So what – I just want to dive right in. Back in the, in the late 1990s and early 2000s, we kind of saw this – uh, on Kansas City's West Side neighborhood, where legacy, legacy neighbors, if you will, people that have been there for generations, literally got priced out of their houses. Is that a repeat? Are we seeing a repeat of that specifically in Kansas City's urban core? I think we'll see some of that in some portions of the urban core. I don't know that that'll be true in all of the urban core. Um, I suspect it's true again on the west side. Yeah. And there's other neighborhoods, like many of the neighborhoods here in the historic northeast, are probably going to see some of that, too. I know that 
one of uh, one of the people I talk with regularly, he had two vacant lots uh, that increased one thousand six hundred percent over the last assessment. What? How do you how do you deal with that? Yeah. Well, that big of an increase really makes you wonder how undervalued it had been previously. Um, that and there's probably a pretty good market for vacant lots on the west side because we're seeing a lot of new housing being constructed over there. Right. And well, new housing, new development, really. Yes. Whether single family or multifamily. And there's a lot of activity. Exactly. So, what options are available to people? Uh, Right in the appeal process, what what? And I guess let's speak to that. How do how can people appeal their their assessment? Well, first of all, you have to appeal appeal by July tenth. Right. Um, you may not have an appointment to talk to them until after that, but you have to file that appeal by July tenth. Um, everything I'm. Seeing says that you should be well prepared, bring photographs, documentation. If you've gotten a recent appraisal, um, if you if you know of comparable houses that have been sold in the last couple years that uh, do not reflect that same kind of increase, um, bring all of that with you. Mm-hmm. I know that the last time we went through this at least personally uh at the house and then at our commercial building down on st john one of the things that the board of equalization looked at was you know i i did bring photographs of surrounding properties but we also brought uh you know calls for service from the police department in terms of uh, spotlighting that as a as a crime not definitely not crime free, but due to the number of calls for service, uh, some of what was happening uh, on those vacant lots, homeless camps, and things like that, and they looked at that and they looked at it pretty seriously. Is that something that the BOE would do today? I suspect that they will take some of that into account. And you're not, just just as as a want this out there. You're not speaking for the county or the BOE. Oh no, 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 no. I don't want people to get that impression. Yeah. So, but that would be something that they would take into, you would think that it would be something they well, take into consideration. It, you know, th- that sort of activity um, is going to impact the uh, values in the neighborhood as a general and the closer you are to, the, to those types of activities, um, the more impact it may have. So, taking that into consideration, uh, how involved is it? Let's let's just talk about the appeal process. I know that you can either make the make a phone call and schedule that, or you can do it online. Yes. So there, there's two different ways people can do that if they don't have internet access. Yes. So you can't. I I know they're doing walk-in appointments, but uh, uh, you better probably count on spending the entire day there and hope that they get to I did notice that, and I had to go down to the courthouse downtown on some other business, and uh, the the line outside, just <laughs> to see that, you know, it, it, it's take a number, 
And if you don't get there on, you know, that day, no, no, the, the secretary is going to tell you, no, you got to come back tomorrow or, and or whatever. To pull them in exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, well, what? And, and keep in mind that the assessor's office has moved. They're not actually in the courthouse anymore. They're in the county's new office building, um, the old Argus building at, at 1400 Washington. Oh, so. so some people may be going to the courthouse, wrestling with the parking, and then finding out that they're at the wrong place. And they got to go. Yeah, they're going to go another mile away and find parking. Although the, that office building does have its own cross street parking. Um, but yeah, you could uh, lose some time there if you're going to the courthouse and need to be at the other. Building. Which that's not going to do too much for somebody's demeanor walking into tour. No, and especially in this kind of heat. <laughs> well, that too. Um, so, the, talk to me a little bit about what the EDC does in in these kids. What's your role? And I know it's a very consultative role. What can you do to help homeowners? Uh, either with the appeal process or talk a little bit about the abatement process and how that works. Okay. Well, we really don't have a formal role with the appeal process. We can tell you the kind of information that we're seeing that you should bring with you, uh, give you a general idea of, of um, how, how it would work, but that's really the county assessor's right. process. Our main um, thing here would be tax abatement, right? Which would be available to homeowners in any of our urban renewal areas. Okay, and what that urban renewal area? Can you define that for our listeners? Okay, urban renewal areas are um, defined portions of the city. Sometimes they're we have urban renewal areas, uh, we call them footprint plans, where it's a single property. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some larger neighborhood-oriented urban renewal areas, like Oak Park, which covers like nine square miles. Right. Basically, all of Northeast Kansas City here is in one of several different urban renewal areas um, that exist here. Um, Garfield, which is Pendleton Heights. Right. Scare Renaissance has two urban renewal areas. Independence Plaza is an urban renewal area. Indian Mound and Lycans are another urban renewal area. And we are literally in the process of creating uh, the East Kansas City urban renewal area that would cover this the portion of the city from Cliff Drive on the north to Bannister Road on the south. I-435 on the east and Troost on the west, including the properties directly adjacent to the west side of Troost. That is 25,000 acres, 65,000 parcels. It's about 39 square miles. So that would... No, I know that one of the things that we've talked about internally here, uh, the Sheffield neighborhood is not currently in an urban renewal zone, but it will be. It will be covered by this new East Kansas City urban renewal plan. 
and Columbus Park is already in an urban renewal area. So the the truce boundary area would not be applicable. The new truce boundary area would be applicable. So all of CP is is in an urban renewal. Okay. So would talking specifically about Sheffield, uh, would they be able to apply for this abatement currently? Uh, when is I guess when is that going to be approved? Well, here it is. It's uh, Thursday, July 29th. Council meeting, the legislative session starts at three o'clock. Um, we expect the ordinance to be approved this afternoon. Uh, so I would not be at all surprised to have tax abatement applications rolling in Monday or Tuesday of next week. This would, and just as somebody who follows the city, you and I both know that they can put an accelerated effective date on this. Is Are they going to do that for this purpose? Um, that's a good question. I don't know if they're going to do an accelerated effective date, but that would only change the effective date by 10 days. So even, even so... 10 days from now. But 10, 10 days from now, we could be approving tax abatements. For Sheffield. Yes. That's good news because they were kind of that catch-22. It's a blighted neighborhood. Well, we can't afford the blight study. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's one of the reasons that we cre- are creating this East Kansas City plan because we literally had this kind of patchwork quilt of urban renewal areas and it basically came down to which neighborhoods had had enough resources to pay for or could talk somebody else into paying for the blight study and the urban renewal plan. Um, and a lot of these neighborhoods, like Sheffield, couldn't afford to do that. Right. And because that's blight studies aren't cheap. Oh, no. No, not by any means. Um I think when we created the Indian Mound Lichens Urban Renewal Plan 10 years ago, right? Was it 10 years ago? The city paid $50,000 to do that blight study. Right. And that was a deal. It, it, yeah. Because if we had had to go and do a traditional blight study for the East Kansas City Plan, we would have probably spent <laughs> a half million dollars and it would have probably taken close to a year. And that here you'd be a year out in yeah. getting any abatement applications. Yeah. And so, okay, we can't help you now, but yeah, a year from now we could. Yeah. Uh, well, we've taken care of that. So, all those neighborhoods that couldn't afford to be urban renewal areas, as long as you're in that boundary, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And that is, let's say that again, uh, Cliff Drive. Cliff Drive, I-435, Bannister Road, and Truce, including all the properties on the west side of Truce. So you, anything that's on Truce, yes. you're going back to the alleyway if there's an alleyway. Yeah. So, and how many properties did you say that was? I think it's a little over 65,000 parcels. That's, wow. Yeah. So that's really going to help. It, I We're really hoping so. Um, it's really designed to encourage homeowners to rehab their houses and not get penalized with higher taxes for 
or improving their own house. When we talked to Abby and I talked about that. I said, you're, you're, you're kicking me in the pants because I painted my house or I fixed my gutters. I thought yeah. that's what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't take care of your house, you can get fined for property code violations. Right. So it's but if you do take care of your house, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna probably pay higher taxes. Yeah. What? Wait. Yeah. So this this will help with that. Um, and of course, if you're looking to build a house and you build a house on a vacant lot in this new urban rural area. The value of the assessed value of that lot becomes your frozen taxable value for 10 years. Get away. What? Whoa. What? What? So if you buy a vacant lot and it's you're paying four or five hundred dollars in taxes on that lot. Right. You build a house and you apply for the tax abatement. Right. For 10 years, you're going to pay taxes on the value of that vacant lot like there wasn't a brand new house there. So it'll be year 11 before you really pay the first taxes on the house. On the house. Yeah. So that's that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, if, you're, if you're going to build, build in an urban renewal area. Because, because that's something that... Wow, I did not know that. That's a good point. Yeah. So that if anybody, even if they were to get acquire the lot next door and build a garage, that would be an improvement, but yeah. you'd still pay the tax on a vacant lot. Yes. But you have to apply for that. Yes. Okay. It's not automatic. It, it's, you're el- if you're in an urban renewal area, you are eligible, but not entitled to. Right. You have to apply for the tax abatement. So walk us through that applicant. Well, first of all, what kind of improvements you've got? What are the criteria? What's the criteria for residential properties? I guess. Okay. So you have to spend at least $5,000 on improving the house. Um, And we would like 25% of that to be for exterior improvements, including fixing any code violations. Mm -hmm. Um, Because those exterior improvements are basically the public benefit. Right. We get to see improved conditions in the urban Mm -hmm. taking care of the outside. But the rest of those, I mean, those exterior improvements could be things like re-roofing, gutters and downspouts, windows and doors, new siding, repainting, Mm -hmm. tuck point, porch repairs. We've seen all of them. And then there's the inside of your house. Right. So if you do new heating and air conditioning, new plumbing, new electrical, you redo the kitchen or bathroom or bathrooms, you do new flooring, all of that would be eligible expenses. So let's just, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. My wife and I, uh, in October of 2022, we had the garage painted. It's a not, it's not an attached garage. Um, that was $2,200. So there's that. And then just last week, last Friday, we dropped $5,000 on a new air conditioning unit. Yeah. So right there, I've got it. 
$7,500 in improvements. You're eligible. I'm eligible. Yeah. So there you go. So that's that's for the residential side. Uh, And then there's a commercial side also, correct? Yes. In urban renewal areas, all of the properties are eligible for the tax abatement. Homeowners are eligible for a simplified process. Right. They don't need prior approval. You just apply during construction. Okay. But if it's a multifamily property or a commercial property, it's a whole different process where we have to do a financial analysis. We have to submit a much more detailed application, and it requires approval by the by the Land Clearance for Redevelopment Authority, the LCRA, mm-hmm. because they run the urban renewables. And you'll be signing the redevelopment contract, and you'll get tax abatement at, when you complete the project. Right. Homeowners, you apply as you're, we really want you to apply as you're nearing completion of your project. Right. Because by then, you pretty much know what your costs are, you know what work was has been done, you can describe all of that in your application. Um, we need to know how that how those improvements were paid for. So we'll need things like canceled checks, credit card receipts, Venmo documentation. I don't care. Right. As long as you can document that everything's been paid for. And really I don't care who paid for it. <laughs> as long as it's paid for. As long as it's paid for. So we've had homeowners who have had um, assistance through the city's minor home repair program. Exactly. Metro Lutheran Ministry has a minor home repair program. Habitat for Humanity does minor home repairs for eligible homeowners. Mm-hmm. Christmas in October has done work. Jerusalem Farms here exactly. in the Northeast yep. does a lot of that work. I don't care who paid for the improvements. I just need to know what improvements were done and that they're paid for. The valuation. Yes. So, like, say, for example, the Jerusalem Farm, they do wonderful work helping yes. people out. So that homeowner would just, say, for example, go to go to Jerusalem Farm, go to Jordan, whoever, say, what's the valuation of this improvement? Yeah. And J Farms would say, X amount, let's just say $5,000. And I, they write a receipt for that or have a voucher well, for that? or Actually, have a, we've received quite a few tax abatement applications for Jerusalem Farm projects. They'll prep the application for the homeowner. Oh, okay. Yeah, and send it in to us. Now there's a, there's a wonder. <laughs> I'm sta- I'm sitting here stunned because that's that's an amazing thing. Yeah, they, uh, they, it's just part of what they do. Right. Um, there's a, an application for it. Um, but you know, if you spend five thousand to twenty four thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars, it's a thirty dollar application. That. And if you're spending twenty five thousand dollars or more, it's a one hundred and thirty dollar application. For which is nothing. Nothing. Especially if you build a house and you spent another 130 to get 10 years of tax abatement, that's a pretty good investment. I was going to say, yeah, that's pretty good ROI. Yeah. <laughs> that really works out well for you. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. 
Shemekas Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shemekasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shemekas, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974. Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. And now back to the newscast. So what's the application process like? The tax abatement application is actually pretty simple. It's really only two pages. Um, it comes two pages back it's printed on both sides. Right. We just want to know who owns the property, how to get a hold of them, what improvements you've been made, um, little description about the, the house. We want you to attach as much documentation as you can. So if you've got before and after photographs, if you've got floor plans, um, if you've got you know, something from the contractor that says, we're going to do, you know, re-roof the house, new gutters and downspots, and replace all the windows and that, and it costs you $17,000. And the receipts might pay. I'm done. You know? That's it. Yeah, you just, and we do have to remind people to turn that over because we ask everybody to actually sign their application. <laughs> um, so I don't want people to be delayed by me having to run out to somebody and get a, a signature. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we get that application, we're going to review it. Um, if we need some clarification or a little bit more information, we'll get hold of you. Right. You supply that information. We're going to schedule a, a brief inspection, and I do mean brief. If I'm there and it's 10 or 15 minutes, it's been a long inspection. <laughs> now, obviously, if somebody's applying because they built a new house, that's pretty simple. Right. I drive up, I go, yeah, there's a brand new house here, and I start checking off things <laughs> on my farm. If you rehab things, we're just going to want to see the things you described. So if... You put a new roof on the house. We're going to go, yeah, there's a new roof up there. Right. Um, I want to see all the windows that you replaced. You said new heating and air conditioning. Show me the units. Mm-hmm. Um, you redid the kitchen? Okay, let me take a peek. We're just walking through. It's not like a building code inspection. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, certificate of occupancy kind of inspection by the building department or anything. We're just verifying that what you said you were going to do, you've done, or are in the process of finishing. So, somebody in my case, like using me as an example, our house is an example, there's our new air conditioning unit. Yep. Here's our paid receipt from the HVAC company. Yep. There's our garage. Here's the paid receipt from the painter. Yeah. Yeah. Good to go. Good to go. We'll uh, take our inspection form back. Our administrative assistant will print a certificate of tax abatement and the LCRA's executive director can sign those tax abatements. Um, We don't have to get that approved by the LCRA board. In fact, we tell them which tax abatements have been issued. Or single family homes mm-hmm. every month. Um, but we don't have to ask for their permission. 
purchase them can just sign those certificates. Technically, that's when you have tax abatement, but we have to send it to the county and the city for reporting so that they know the freeze that assessed value and, and, go, and put the tax abatement in place. So all of that, what kind of time frame does that, what are we looking at in terms of start to finish? Well, from the minute you send in your application to the minute Dan signs it, depending upon timing and availability, it might be two weeks, three weeks. Okay. Often it's much less than that. The longest part of the process is waiting to get a certified copy of the tax abatement certificate from the county. Okay. Sometimes they send us a PDF showing that they've certified it. Um, if we get a PDF, we're going to send that on to you too, but then we know that it's been taken care of. Right. Um, but sometimes, sometimes it takes a little longer, especially the later in the year you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I generally tell people, if you haven't gotten your certificate back in the two months, let us know so we can backtrack through the process and figure out where it is. On at least a couple of occasions, we have discovered somebody's on vacation and it's sitting on their desk. It's not a, not a, not a problem with the abatement. It's just time. Right. Yeah. But it's... It would be in. You would encourage people to do this early. Yes. Don't send us a bunch of applications in December. Right. The, the sooner you can submit your application, um, the better off we'll all be. Um, and there's no deadline. We take a, a tax abatement applications whenever you're ready. Okay. If that's December, fine. But if you're ready before that. Is there a is there an online process? So like I've got PDF documents, my paid receipts, uh, pictures, or is it all hard copy based? You can email the application and the documentation to us, but you're probably going to have to mail us or drop off the check for the textbook. Oh, okay. So we're going to print it. If you're going to do that, you might as well print it. Yeah. Doesn't matter to us. We're going to get the same information either by mail or by email. Right. Um, once we've got all that, it's really pretty simple. And then after that, after it's approved, uh, I think we talked a little bit offline about this. You get a either a nine-year or a ten-year tax abatement on the improvements. Not. Yeah. It's not free. For for most people, it's going to be a 10-year tax Okay. Um, and what that really does, they freeze. The abatement freezes the assessed value of the pre-construction or the pre-rehab level. Right. That becomes your frozen taxable value. And that number is what you pay taxes on. And that number won't change for the term of the tax and this can, obviously, you know, nobody can predict 10 years down the road. 
but well, when you have a tax abatement, uh, okay, you know, 2023 is the assessment. Right. So it's 25, 27, 29, 31. Those are all going to be reassessment years. But your assessed values could be frozen at that frozen taxable value during that whole time. And you'll only pay taxes on that value. So over time, you'll see your market value increase. You'll see the assessed value increase. So you'll be able to kind of guesstimate what your taxes will be on that tax abatement. But also, that goes with the property. That So if you sell that house or whatever... The, the tax abatement goes with the property, not the owner. Exactly. So if you're there four years, five years, and you sell the house, it probably is easier to sell that house with the remaining tax abatement. And we're starting to see... I saw that online... Uh, yesterday here, somebody selling a house. I can't remember where it was, North Chelsea or something. Oh, it was North Van Brunt, 300 block of North Van Brunt. And right at the top of that ad on Facebook, 10-year tax abatement. And so that's, that's insurance. Yeah. For the homeowner. Well, and in many cases, uh, it may allow the homeowner, a, a buyer, to buy a little bit more house than they would have been than they to buy because they're not going to pay that increased taxes. Right? And they, exactly. They don't have to worry about it. That's a set amount of money every no. year. Yes, value is, is frozen. Your actual taxes every year could change a little bit based on the levy rates. But in large part, it's not going to change that really We're talking pennies versus dollars. Yeah. And at the levy rates, that's, correct me if I'm wrong, that's school or... The school, district, the school districts are typically somewhere between 50 and 60% right. of your tax. Yeah. But some of that other city would be part of that? School district, city, county, library district, the zoo. Zoo, yeah. Um... You know, any of the, the mental health fund mm-hmm. all, and all of those other taxing jurisdictions that get property tax revenues um, are part of that abatement and the levies. And they could fluctuate a little bit. Yeah. But, it, you know, if you're pay, if you're frozen at $1,200 a year in taxes, you know, paying $1,210 isn't going to break the bank. Yeah. And I use that only as an example, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, really, if you if you did five thousand dollars worth of work, residential properties are assessed at nineteen percent of the market value. Mm-hmm. I don't know why nineteen percent, twenty percent would have been much easier to calculate. But so. $5,000 worth of improvements probably goes to just under $1,000 worth of assessed value increase. Right. 10% of that, if you estimate high, might be uh, might be almost $100 difference in taxes. Still. Now, during the first couple of years, that's nothing. But over a 10-year period, and values keep going up, 
Right. That probably saves you quite a bit of money. And especially during those assessment years, because every time you're assessed, you're assessed on that new value. That's right. So it could go up exponentially every single one of those assessment years. Yes. Now, I did, uh, recently heard somebody say, well, yeah, what happens in the residential market all the bursts? Like it did. And, and housing values decrease. Theoretically, the assessor's office is supposed to take that into account. And you could get a decrease in your assessment. But <laughs> well, theoretically, that means lower taxes. Right. But if you're seeing market values going down, taxing jurisdictions are likely to increase their levy rates in order to keep the same level of taxes that they were getting before. Exactly. Because you're not just because that bubble bursts doesn't mean your taxes are going down. Yeah. That's the. Those are two. Here, yeah, the market value and assessed value might decrease, but that may not matter to the actual taxes. Exactly. So what do people, how can people get a hold of, of you in terms of, uh, I know you're with EDC and we'll go through that in a minute, but you're at a neighborhood association tonight, where'd you say Round Top? South Round Top. Which is down off 27th and Van Brunt. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, just on the west side of the I seventy there, twenty seventy. So, uh, are there any other scheduled clinics, or are you going? Should people just go if, online if to the EDC? Groups want me to come out and talk to them about how they're going to be able to use this new East Kansas City urban renewal area to get tax I'm more than happy to come out, keeping in mind that there's. Me. Right. That does this. <laughs> right. But there are a lot of neighborhoods in this large new urban renewal area that uh, I might not be able to get there this month or next month. I can share information with neighborhood associations and they can start spreading that to their members. But it may take me a while to actually get there. Right. To, to a meeting. So to that end, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call out my friend Mark Morales in Sheffield neighborhood uh, because this is gonna be applicable for his neighborhood uh, residents. Uh, we're happy to act as that clearinghouse and put that information up on our website so that people can see it, and then if they have any questions, they can get in touch with with you because I like what you just said. It's just you. And you got a family, you got a home life too. Sometimes. 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 <laughs> so uh, just for the record, we're happy to host that on our on our website. Make sure to send you PDF copies of the rehab guidelines and the actual attribute application. Perfect. And if they have any additional questions, Bob, how can they get in touch with you? Well, best way is to send me send me an email, and my email address is rlong, R L O N G at edckc.com. And that's dot com. Yes. Okay. So 
you know, email is generally the best way to get hold of me. And that, because then I can respond back with a copy of the application right. and, a, and a brief explanation on how to apply. And we'll put those the way we normally uh, post our podcasts. Uh, we'll put those links in in the podcast uh, page that we post up on Saturday as well. So people can just go to the podcast, download those two documents, and have everything that they need to get started. Yes. So anything that I've missed, anything that we've missed that people need to know in regards to the process? Because it's going to be new to so many people. Right. Um, they're going to ask questions that that I've already answered. Yeah. Uh, and they'll ask them more than once. Once. <laughs> um, you know, when they say that people don't recognize a message until they've seen it, but six or seven times. Six or, right. Yeah. So, you know, I don't mind repeating the message. So, uh, again, our long at edckc.com is the email and as I said we'll we'll post those documents the application and the guidelines for people on our website Bob thank you very much for coming in and joining us today we appreciate it glad to help